0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Today on the show, we discuss what happens if Cousins gets hurt. Dun, dun, dun.
2: <laughs> hey, this is Arif with Pro Football Network. I found out today that Sam plans the topics for this podcast. Very interesting.
3: Luke Emman at Luke underscore Spinman. July 12th, mark it down, boys. Watch party, Sam Ekstrom's basement. Kirk Cousin debuts his long-awaited Hollywood acting career. Get that fire heated up downstairs, Sam. We're coming.
4: I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. Do we think by the end of all of it, Kirk Cousins will have a more prolific, prolific IMDB page than his pro football reference page?
1: All of that and plenty more coming up on today's Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast.
2: It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party.
1: Welcome in on a Thursday. It's the Minnesota football party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Vikings talk with the area's best podcasters and writers for the next hour. I'm Sam. That's Luke Inman. He's also with us here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings, Arif Hasan, Pro Football Network, a cadre of Vikings analysts, cadre. and we'll be joined by Ron Johnson at some point during the proceedings a to get cornical. his take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a plethora, a <laughs> bevy. Word. What's that? What's that uh, uh, group of crows is called a murder, right? Let's a go murder. With that. Yeah, yeah, A yeah. murder oh, of Vikings no. analysts. A murder of Vikings analysts. Yeah, that's uh oh, that's that's Interesting. What are you Ooh. talking about? Luke? What Ron? What Ron Johnson? To you, Luke Braun? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was thinking a reef to me, but I don't know. Well, I would never commit a crime against
3: you. Oh knowingly. no, God no.
1: Um, It feels like it just began, but Vikings mini camp is over. We will discuss the main takeaways from really all of the spring practices as the Vikings now head into their summer break. Uh, We're not taking a break. We're still going four days a week, not including the roundtable on Fridays here at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's daily content. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on the SiriusXM app, Amazon Fire, Roku devices, all of that. Jazz. Uh comment down below uh your biggest storyline from Minicamp this week. Was it Dalvin Cook's absence being gone now for probably ever? Um, although Kirk Cousins thinks there's there's a chance that he comes back. Um is it Kirk Cousins' uh Netflix special? Is it Justin Jefferson showing up? What is your biggest storyline? Um, I mean let, let's talk about Luke Edmonds tease though. July 12th, Kirk Cousins quarterback the netflix doc luke uh were you Ron's gripped tees? luke inman's tease were you gripped by the trailer luke Inman? did you did it reel you in
3: it did nfl films always does a great job producing that stuff editing i can't wait for got a little taste of the behind the scenes like film grind sessions it's not just at tco right they're like in their basement grinding the film at night when the family's that bad. I also can't wait. I was thinking about this. I heard PA in the background, right? Calling one of Kirk Cousins highlights. And I wonder if we're going to get some PA behind the scenes clips too in the mix. But yeah, I'm 100%. excited for it. July 12th. Can't wait. I, I want to
2: know, like, w- did, did they produce three different trailers? Because I saw one that focused a lot on Kirk Cousins. And it like, it briefly had like Patrick Mahomes. And Marcus Mario, I had to remember the third one. And it but it felt like it very much focused on cousins and like mm-hmm. was it did they produce three different
1: trailers or were I they? Wouldn't just be like, surprised, I mean, cousins for most the movies, they usually come
3: out with, with two trailers, but the only one that I saw, it felt like a 50-50 split of Mahomes and Cousins with just a little bit of Mariota sprinkled in. But the one I saw, I thought it was pretty evenly split between cousins and the uh the Mahomes stuff.
1: Cousins got a nicer edit in that trailer than he did the Madden trailer. I'll put it that way. But I, I want to know what what was the kid's book that he was reading his his like five year old? In the very opening scene of the trailer, yeah. he's like, "Come on upstairs, son. Let's read our bedtime story." I, uh, the quarterback is very vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like NFL films like played.
3: made that book and was like, "Hey, yeah, yeah. Just, like, just like kicked it over to him." Statistically, the quarterback like, is the
2: most important <laughs> member of the team, <laughs> right? I, the quarterback, am reading this book that I've yeah. chosen
1: at random for you, right? <laughs> um, hey, Cousins did say yesterday he wanted to do this to basically leave like. Evidence for his kids that he was a quarterback back in the day, so that's cool. Kids, <laughs> I mean, grandkids. believe it or not, I, I was a Viking. I would I would have right. accepted
2: almost any explanation, but that one kind of doesn't make sense. It's famously well documented what happens in the NFL. Like oh, yeah, I think the internet's good. not going to be mean, around there. Excuse
0: brief.
1: It, Wait,
4: Netflix this is on Netflix. I if do the documentary the not on around, you,
0: I said <Right>.
1: Fair enough.
4: Netflix said, "I want to do a show on you." I said, "Yes." Yeah, yeah. I, I would. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't need a reason.
2: Yeah, it's. I'm good. The, okay. The thing is, I actually. So, is this also called QB One, or was was this called Quarterback? Oh God. Okay. The creatively named show. Oh right. God. Um. Well, I'm just saying. On we got Q1. Cisco. Auditone, 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 without, Auditone Auditone, without, Auditone without any other context, I'm actually fine with that because it's just like very definitive. It wants to like kind of give you. Uh, and it's, it, it wants to define itself by itself. And that's fine. Like some titles are like that. But the problem I have is that Netflix had a show called QB1, uh, which also like mm-hmm. I think it was produced by Complex Sports, but it was, you know, the exclusive rights to Netflix. They provided funding. It's whatever the, the rights production thing is. Um, and it followed high school prospects that were, you know, like five stars heading into college. And they never aired the third season, which happens to include mm. two of the quarterbacks that went in the first round of this year's draft. It would have been really nice to Dang. see. So uh, it's
3: again. done. It's like edited, ready to go. It's just sitting in somebody's basement collecting dust or like that. Yeah. Yeah. Re- yeah. Recording? No, it's oh. from
2: my understanding. Right. And and who knows? Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that it is fully edited and produced Man. and was ready to air. And Netflix took it like, you know, a loss, just like a tax loss, just like, what? you know, when mm. HBO decided to mm. um, never air Batgirl, right, which was completely edited. It had gone through post-production and they were just like, well, we're not going to edit this. It's actually better for us to take it as a tax. loss." That's right. Yeah. Um, so I And so Bryce mm. Young's father is trying to uh, negotiate with Netflix uh, alongside Complex Sports to release the distribution rights. Um, Bryce Young has the capital, but my understanding is that Bryce Young's father already had the capital to potentially mm. buy the series to air it um, themselves, which would be really cool. I know that we're talking about Kirk Cousins. I'm just like really annoyed that they called it quarterback because they already had a show called QB One.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, they they went on off off kilter there. Um, of the oh. three subjects, mm-hmm. Cousins, Mariota, and uh, and Mahomes. Who's actually the most compelling to you if you remove your Vikings bias? Because oftentimes, like Full Swing, for instance, on Netflix, the golf show, the lesser stars, kind of the fledgling mm-hmm. players, are often more compelling, more interesting than oh, the stars. Oh, like, like
2: on Hard Knocks when we would follow like Happy Socks
1: yeah.
4: or whatever,
2: right? Yeah, Happy yeah. Socks, the Texans yeah. guy. Exactly. Yeah, Charles um, James II, I think.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, nice. what a poll. That was good. Do not <laughs> go to his poll. Twitter nowadays. That was good.
2: No, I do. please don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot uh, going on there
4: it's Mariota for me for sure yeah it's it's like i i think of like all or nothing is always at its best when they follow a bad team and you have oh, to like yeah. document the, through that team and how much of a struggle it, it is to the go like arizona team is they it like sucks. gradually realize this is not going to happen yeah. or the rams the the ram season with, with, yeah. with jeff fisher getting fired was the best season of that show dude it's, it's always yeah, like you need some conflict right and, mm-hmm. like, there was conflict in the Viking season for sure, right? Like, all kinds of interesting on-field stuff happened. That'll be fun to see that documented. But for Mariota, like, you got benched, well, Mar- right? Mar- Mariota got, got hurt. benched,
2: right? Yeah. Like, you got hurt, yeah. you got benched. I like, can't wait to benched, see, like, like, healthy scratch. Didn't show up for the last couple of weeks, right? Um, yeah. In, in, in somewhat of an excused absence, as it were. Uh, like, there's uh, an Mariotta emotion like... to that, that... Yeah, can be captured. So there, there's that something there. Very good I actually was going to make the argument that Mahomes might actually be the least interesting one out of all of that. I would agree. Um, and it's and, and and great quarterbacks can be very interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's more that Mahomes, despite kind of the reputation that his like family has, Mahomes himself is like fairly buttoned up. Like I know Cousins mm-hmm. is like very
4: whatever, but it's very he's tight. <laughs> In front of the camera, yeah. yeah, but like Mahomes, very curated is the vibe I get from Mahomes.
2: Yeah, exactly, and so that might be the issue. But with Mariota, like, what Mariota is, is, I think if Mariota had been a great quarterback, he also would be. I mean, that's the vibe you get from his like Oregon days. There's actually a red flag coming out is that he's like. I I think the scouting report red flag was the red flag is that there are no red flags. Well, now he's been through it, right? Mm -hmm. He's been through it. And, and, and he seems like he's much more willing to just do whatever he thinks is best for him and speak his mind and all. And and this is just the impression I get. We'll see once the Netflix stuff airs, but like, I am really curious about how he handles getting benched, how, what his interactions with Desmond Ritter are, what it's like to work with Arthur Smith, who based Mm -hmm. on what I'm seeing, is coordinating a very good offense, but there's just like no pieces there. And one of the problems is, in fact, Mariota's skill level. So um, I I'm I'm really curious about that. And hopefully, you know, they've picked interesting enough subjects. If I were Netflix, I would have obviously grabbed my homes just for the name value, but I probably would have selected two other quarterbacks. But you know, given you know, who agreed and, and what access they had, and what teams were willing to work with them, and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure this will actually be done really well. Like you said, NFL Films does a very good job with these things.
1: Yeah, worked out pretty unbelievably, too, with one of them winning the Super Bowl, another of them having an outlandish regular season in Cousins. And then you've got the guy struggling, just trying to make it with the Falcons, kind of the perfect mix, I think, of three quarterbacks. We're, so that's. We're going to find out that Kirko Change was Netflix's idea.
3: Now right just, right oh, they, they're like, throwing some show notes into his locker hey. before the game yeah hey, yeah hey. <laughs> uh they, they, the one thing i totally agree with Arif, uh mariota is the guy but the one thing mahomes has is the the did you see the trailer with all the trash talk like after he throws these oh, ridiculous right. behind the yeah, back and awesome. it's like all right what yeah. did he say down there on the broadcast you can't tell he's like john back and forth with max crosby or whatever and it's like i'm him i'm him i'm like that's what you got huh that's what you did i'm is him it? all right
2: I I admittedly the 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 trash talk is really is. a product of how well he's playing more than it is independently or good sure. trash talk. right like, yeah. cam newton saying oh you studied the film huh that is Watch good this. trash talk no matter what right Mahomes, it's really <laughs> dependent on the fact that he does just impossible stuff on the field
4: it reminds so, me a little bit of the old story there, there's an old Fran harkenton story when he was on the giants for a couple of years and and they came to play the vikings jim marshall talks about how like when he would run around and he would get in his scrambles he would just like giggle just this high-pitched little like giggle <laughs> that he would no like a do he was just <laughs> having so much fun yeah yeah and, and it would piss them off so much because they couldn't catch him, but he was making was like, the, the stupidest sound one? ever and all they wanted to do was deck him and they couldn't catch him at all. And that, that's the Vikings lost that, that game because they got tired. Sam, a, I know we have Marshall a schedule. Story from what, the...
2: One last anecdote. That's exactly like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck would not trash talk. He would only yeah. compliment
4: people Yeah, and
2: it would tick them off so much. Yes. He's like, oh man, that was a really great hit. Good job, dude. And it's like, I tried to
3: knock your head off. How right. are you shaking my
1: hand right now?
4: Because
3: they <laughs> know that they're, they're not getting under his skin yeah, despite right. seven quarterback yeah. hurries five quarterback hits two sacks yeah he's all dinged up they, but they didn't he still know comes they, back. they should great, have great made a bunch sir.
2: of like construction jokes at him because because yeah. Andrew Luck loves civil civil engineering oh my and if you just throw out a bunch of bad civil engineering takes that's gonna get under his skin
3: like <laughs> concrete doesn't need rebar that's all you have to say
2: And then he's just tilted for the rest of the
3: game. That's so true. That's so true. He's such a fanatic and diehard with that stuff. That's like his his kryptonite. That's it. Nothing else worked. Yeah. But
4: bad civil engineering takes. (laughs) Surely we will get to the rundown
1: of this show. (laughs) The Captain Andrew Luck Twitter account being basically dormant is such a shame. Best Twitter yeah. account. I no, I'm comfortable web. with it. I I think that it it, 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 right. it, it, it had run, run its course. course. Yeah, yeah, it's it was perfect when it had
2: debuted. I hated all of the imitators, and I think that I I prefer that the account was still up and Andrew Luck was still in the league. But you know, I'm I, the account independently only had a, a couple of years of life for it to be all sure. that interesting. So yep. I think you got the ideal. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Um, let's do Vikings mini camp takeaways. There was a lot packed into two practices the last couple of days, so we'll we'll dive into that after I remind folks that we are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. NBA's done, NHL's done, but you know what you can do right now? You can go and live bet the U.S. Open odds. Max Homa, I'm eyeing this up plus thirty five hundred to win the U.S. Open. He's got the course record back from when he was in college at L.A. Country Club, he is, oh, he just moved, darn it, 3000 now. Quick, get on Max Homa Getting right blessed. now at FanDuel. <laughs> if you're a new customer, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So basically, risk-free, you could put $2,500 on Max Homa times 30, and win seventy five dollars at FanDuel, which is super easy to use and pays you that seventy five dollars instantly when you win, I promise. It's the best place to wager, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Get a no-sweat first bet. Bet the U.S. Open right now. All right, uh, Luke Braun, going out to the U.S. Open later. L.A. guy? Nope. Oh okay.
4: Uh Vikings playing to
3: watch golf. <laughs> um what would you rather watch? Golf or NASCAR? Ooh.
2: That's not even close. NASCAR 100%. NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. NASCAR. Okay. Un- like- until until golfers have a 1% probability of running into each other and exploding, no chance.
4: <laughs> True. Also NHRA <laughs> clears. Continue, Sam. Uh,
1: uh, Vikings <laughs> minicamp. It began Tuesday and it ended Wednesday. Here is what we uh, learned in those two days. Kirk Cousins just drops in casually. Well, yeah. Hey, I hope Dalvin cook comes back. I'm kind of optimistic about it. Um, Daniil Hunter does not show up. Justin Jefferson does show up and says, he's not worried about money, money. They pay me money to play for what? This is brand new information. Where's my agent money for me, money, <laughs> I mean, so, it, it,
2: it does. It does recall the "I'm not too fond of money" conversation from not long ago. While while he was wearing his own right. branded merch, right? But it was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like Tyree Killer, right. or somebody had just signed like the uh, big money deal. And everyone's like, "Hey, seeing all these receivers sign big deals, it's got to make you excited about the contract that's coming down the pike for you, right?" And he's like, "Yeah,
4: I don't know about that. I'm glad they're happy. I'm not too fond of money." He just like. He just spent a week in Miami like negotiating endorsement deals. He doesn't care about this particular money because he's set.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he said no, yeah. that he missed mm-hmm. OTAs because he was so busy with his yeah. marketing team That's right. Yeah. yeah that's right. I didn't yeah.
3: I, that was funny. <laughs> What'd you guys think of that? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't mean, love it. I, I've just been so bit. Where have you been, man? Oh, just I got like so, Miami. Can't even. Just so much stuff going on. Showed up in a one-handed catch his first day. He's in shape. Yeah, he, <laughs> no, he's <laughs> fine. He's good. But just like it it's, felt like can you imagine having that conversation
2: with somebody, though, like Luke's trying to say, like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just That's like just
3: so crazy.
2: Just so much. They're bending well, me over the barrel thing- on these endorsements, yeah. man. It's just yeah. like, look, OK, fine. I love Wheaties. <laughs> but like, if you want me on the box, you got to pay me up front. None of this installment stuff. And it's like, how much? Are they going on?
3: Yeah, it just felt like I don't know. Sam, were you there? Were you in the yeah, scrum? Like the I PR was. spin that they maybe tried a little too hard or got in I their own so. head almost too much about how to answer some of these, you know, hey, you've been MIA kind of questions.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that he you don't you don't uh, overly downplay the importance of these practices when guys like actually do show up and it does mean a lot to a lot of these players, it might not mean a lot to Justin Jefferson, but when he says like, yeah, I don't think I missed much. That's not a great look. Um, And I think kind of going over the top to say that he doesn't care about this, that he's not thinking about this contract is maybe a little disingenuous. He wasn't rude. I just think maybe the coaching or the, that he got, or maybe just his own ideas of what was going to like sound good in a soundbite. Didn't sound that good. It's fine. I think they'll work it out in the next six weeks. But um, I I do respect him. I will say this: I respect him for showing up and doing more than just warming up. Like he actually participated in live drills, and I think that that was a, a nice a, that was a good look for him.
3: Was he in elevens then? Was he playing in? He, the 11s? he
1: was in elevens, not like every rep, but he was he was running routes, catching balls, fake blocking in run plays. Uh, He was going through the motions. Yeah.
3: A lot of times you see that player finally show up and they're just kind of standing on the sideline with the helmet the whole time. So that was nice. I want to ask Luke and Arif just real quick, if they were not to extend him, right? So much talk about this contract conversation. If they didn't extend him, what's that fifth year option look like? Cause that's based off like games played and pro bowls and things like that. How much You know, would the base or like the cap hit look like?
4: Yeah. just yeah, ball It's part. like 19-ish, 19 ish. And then he goes it up a million if they make a okay. pre, bowl or some, pre Bowl or something like pre that. Bowl. Yeah. So 19. So could about be 20, 20 or mil.
3: Like that. Okay. So about 20 mil. So yeah. Quacey's looking at that saying, all right, if I don't extend him, I got to pay him 20 mil next year versus some of these other <laughs> new contracts that we can compare to, like Tyreek and Devontae and AJ Brown. When you look at those back loaded, like they all are, right? No surprise there. But like those first two years, sometimes even three, you're talking the cap hit is five, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. And then maybe after two years, it jumps to like 15-ish. And then those last two or three years is 30, 40 million, something like that. Is, is that kind of how it works? What's your guys' anticipation as far as maybe the first few years of that JJ contract, if they do extend them?
2: I mean, I, I would imagine that the that the contract uh, average is probably above 30. It's probably 31, 32, 33, something like that. Um, but But, the cap hit for the first couple of years... Let me just
3: pull up Tyreek. Let's just pull up Tyreek. But I imagine
2: that the cap hit for the first couple of years is probably in the 15 16 range like i don't think that it's going to be in the five mil range i mean it's certainly possible so tyreek's first
3: but... year was 6.5 and then jumped up to 12 this year 2023 and then it gets 31 34 yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and Devante, then they'll,
2: they'll restructure into a bonus in front yeah exactly
3: Devonte, like yeah. 12 mil 14 mil then 25 44 44 yeah aj I... brown five mil eight mil 12 mil and then 26 and 41. Yeah. So, that, so th- that's, guys, that's, that's how that's one a lot one of the big
4: contracts are structured nowadays. Is that, well, that so it one big up.
2: difference between the Raiders and the Eagles as an organization is that the Eagles have some of the best cash flow in the league. And so they can offer signing bonuses very easily, which allows them to decrease the first year cap hit in any new contract that they offer. The Raiders do not have that luxury with cash flow. And so the cap hits in the first couple of years are going to look a little bit bigger for Raiders teams or for Raiders contracts. Mm-hmm. It's just even if there's a similar kind of rolling guarantee or similar guaranteed, it's going to be in guaranteed contract as opposed to in signing bonus when you receive the cash up front and the accounting comes later. Oh, uh, where
3: are the Vikings on that spectrum? Pretty hot cash flow.
2: But the, the, the Vikings have a lot of cash. They okay. can they can they, they can they can stomach a lot of guaranteed money up front. Um, and it's, it's how they do all the restructures they do anyway, right? Like you take a look at like the way that mm-hmm. they've handled like Hunter and Kendricks and stuff like that over the years. And, um, they, they do like the signing bonus structure. Like, I mean, with the voids that they've been getting really happy with, so, um, they, they can do it uh, and they, and they pay out a lot of cash and guaranteed, uh, every year compared to a lot of teams. So that it's, they're, they're probably, they're certainly in the top eight in terms of the ability to provide cash flow, just because you've got a real estate billionaire running the team.
1: So when I, so that whole property, and this is, I promise this is going somewhere. So that whole property around TCO is developed by the Wilfs, correct? They own all the land. So when I go get my caribou every day before I go to practice. Yeah, caribou, I am
2: pretty confident is paying rent
1: to a company that is paying rent to the Wilfs. That is my understanding. So by, by helping keep it alive, I am putting money in the Wilfs pocket. And helping them,
2: you're helping to get side, Justin, Justin Jefferson Justin extended. Jefferson. Yeah. Well, okay. now I have to question your objectivity as a reporter.
1: Same.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, bias. He's I'm Not, not gonna please,
1: lie, Justin Jefferson glasses, does help dude. us get clicks here. He does. <laughs> yeah. I'm invested. Uh, other mini camp takeaways that uh, may- maybe it was something that you you read on Twitter. The, the uh, Daniel Hunter for all that
2: stuff is yeah. really interesting. I mean, yeah, that's huge. Um, I, so, uh, the piece I wrote on this is still my take. I haven't seen a great response to it yet, which is that, um, that this was inevitable. The Vikings scored an enormous quote unquote team friendly deal, uh, when they signed him in 2018 and the consequence of getting someone at a really good value for the team is that now they're getting underpaid and they know it right if you take a look at his it averages like 14.4 million over the life of that contract 14.4 million take a look at the edge rushers right now they're averaging like 20 million like it's it, it's a different it's a whole different ball game he's probably a top 10 edge rusher right and so for him not to make top 10 edge rusher money over the life of that contract even when he had signed i think it's reasonable for him to be upset uh and i think part of the reason he's upset about the way that the restructures happened is that the restructures did not incorporate an extension that appropriately valued him. It essentially Mm -hmm. kept him on the same contract. It just changed when the money would arrive. Uh, And so um, my understanding and Sam, correct me. You're following the story closer than I am. My understanding Mm -hmm. is that the Vikings did offer an extension that he doesn't like the extension that they offered. Um, So, I am pretty curious and I could be wrong about that. So this is not me reporting. This is me just kind of responding. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't tell who's kind of being unreasonable here based off of like things like injury history and production and where the team is at and kind of what they're capable of offering, you know, whether or not the hunter... Um, you know, team, the agency, and, and all that, uh, whether that side is being unreasonable and what their contract demands are, or if the Vikings are kind of lowballing him, or they're not providing enough guarantees for him to feel comfortable given that injury history, all that. I don't know who's being kind of unreasonable here, but um, t- we often say that NFL teams only pay you for what they expect that you're going to do, not what you've done. That's not true. And part of the reason that's not true is because they want to keep players happy. It's important to have a good locker room. And I think that we're seeing the Mm -hmm. consequence of the Vikings constantly chasing value.
1: Yeah. Um, Luke and I talked about this on Tuesday's show. Braun, tell me if you think this makes sense. The Vikings shop Daniel Hunter. They take a one, obviously, if it's offered. If it's not offered, then the offer to Daniel is we will juice up your salary this year buy twelve million dollars and give you seventeen ish, and you will become a free agent after this year, and you can get whatever contract you want. Um, and that is the alternative to a to a trade. The band that sound like does that sound, Not like, a does that sound yeah. like a
4: realistic out yeah band aid thing. But yeah, I think the system there sounds realistic. Let's shop him, in if we don't get a crazy, well, I, I, they're not actively shopping him. They're 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 getting right. calls, they're receiving numbers, but they're yeah. not. Just listening. But they're but they're not calling up, actively calling other teams. But yeah, let's say okay, no trade offer comes in, that's crazy. All right, we'll juice up your deal. I think you might have to do better than seventeen, but maybe not if it's just a one year thing and you're letting him hit free agency and then he gets to negotiate his own thing. That that's closer to what he wants, so maybe you can get away with a lower. Uh, dollar amount, but at this point, if it's like you've gotten away with a low dollar amount so much, like holy crap, just pay the pro bowler.
2: Right? Yeah, I I think I mean you should just offer like a. I mean, if he wants to, if he wants to leave, if he wants to hit free agency, then never mind. But I think you just offer like a four-year, eighty million dollar deal at the minimum.
4: Yeah, how much? Do you if he doesn't want to leave, the reason is because you're not paying him enough, and he wants to go to a place yeah. that'll pay him enough. I, I have an idea for how to solve that. <laughs> It's a crazy right. idea that just might work.
3: <laughs> how how much do you think a player like Hunter in this situation maybe ends up leaning towards, all right, I would take that Band-Aid deal because I do want to play with a defensive coordinator like Brian Flores with that pedigree? Or do you think none of that stuff really matters? It's just all about the cold, hard cash, the numbers, setting yourself up long-term. Do you think the coaching and the personnel who I'm playing next to and things like that matter at all?
2: For Hunter, yes, based off of the, the conversations I've had. He's not, he's not a very conversant guy, admittedly. Right. right. But, but um, uh, based off of like my interactions with Hunter, I would say you know those things do matter a lot. But like, it's one thing to say, I'm not looking to squeeze all of the blood from this stone in terms of what that contract can provide. It's another thing to say, you are persistently underpaying me sure <laughs> like those, are, right. those are like two different yeah. things um but I, I do think that he that he cares about you know um the system he's in and he cares a lot about you know the team that he's working with and, and stuff like that like i, I think that it's not because if money was was a sole driving force for him he would not have agreed to that that original deal
3: we all knew it was going to end up here at this point eventually anyways so yeah that's kind of curious too yeah just curious but, what so, you guys thought about that
1: yeah Let's, uh, let's play a little bit of something or nothing. I'm going to give you a couple storylines from what I saw on the field at, uh, at Vikings minicamp. Tell me if it means something. or it's about a receiver, it's nothing. Sorry. Okay, well, we'll see if we get there. <laughs> Patience, Arif. Uh, let's start with Luke Braun. Uh, Kirk Cousins, in both last-second uh, two-minute drill sessions, he failed. Uh, on Tuesday, he threw a really bad pick. Yesterday, he th- almost threw two bad picks and then eventually just uh, just went three and out and did not convert a first down. So a couple failures for Cousins. Something or nothing? In minicamp,
4: probably nothing on the end of two practices. Could be something on a like sustained pattern, like what we've seen the last couple of years. 2021 couldn't convert uh, at all in the two-minute drill, and then that became something of a thing that year. And then kind of the opposite in 2022, again, was something of a thing. So if it's a sustained pattern, then sure. But I-, I would say too small of a sample to be something.
3: If JJ was in there and Jordan Addison, si- I mean, he doesn't have his playmakers in there quite yeah, yet. So I'm going to say nothing as of this point, once we get a little bit further and he's got his full complement of weapons around him. Yeah, then I'll be a little bit worried. But also, too, mm-hmm. just from the sounds of what these offensive players are saying about Flores' system and scheme coming off the field, talking to the media. Uh, they're throwing the kitchen sink at these guys, too, and the offensive line and the quarterback communication. They're still trying to figure everything out. So no J.J., no Addison, and then still trying to figure out this uh, Flores defense. I'm going to say nothing at this point.
2: I'd say it's a shadow of something just because of the history that, that Cousins has. Uh, there, were, there was like two solid years and then some where every practice that we observed, where there was a two-minute drill, he failed. And then he continued to, during the regular season, uh, have a lot of difficulty in two minute situations. Last year, he started succeeding a lot in training camp in two minute drills. And uh, d- he did all right <laughs> during the regular season in, in <laughs> late game
4: situations, I would argue. Um, and so it's like... We seems just need the like... softest defense of all time in training camp and right. then have that defense. Yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, that's, not yeah, be I mean... soft in the regular season this time, but. Yeah, it's just, you play to you know, the match. Give them something easy to practice against. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you, we, we we work to maximize the signal for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <you laughs> know, but uh, but, you know, like 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 both of them said, you know, this is uh, we, we can't have a pattern yet. Like it, it is a problem if it's a pattern. But if it becomes a problem, this
1: is what it looks like when it starts out. Something or nothing. Jaqueline Roy, fourth-round rookie, getting first-team reps each of the last two days at minicamp.
3: Luke Inman, something or nothing? Week one starter, Jaqueline Roy. I think there's something there for sure. You know, you looked at that three-man rotation, Tonga, Dean Lawry, we assumed Harrison Phillips. Tonga and Phillips, you could probably pencil in, but that third guy, we didn't know. Is it going to be Jonathan Bullard? Is it going to be Autumn Maywell, Blacklock? There's a lot of names in the mix. So to see Roy already as a rookie kind of digest the playbook, get up to speed that quickly, and get reps with the one, I think there's something there for sure. Just knowing that he's in the mix this early. And again, OTAs, I think KOC said it yesterday, the battles really don't start. Position battles don't start till training camp. But it's good to see. It's a good note that he's ending on going into training camp and this break before the summer. Hmm. I'd say it's
2: closer to nothing. It's not nothing nothing, but I'd say it's closer to nothing than something just because the... Interior defensive line competition is really weak, really like outside of Harrison Phillips. Um, And I'm a huge Kyrgyz Tonga fan. I don't want to like oversell it. I mean, it's a, a guy that they just kind of picked up that did pretty well in his limited snaps. Um, I mean, the Vikings let go one of those guys in Duke Shelley, right? Like it's, it's it can just be a one year blip. I'm not going to get tricked by like the 2023 version of Latroy Guyon. Like, it, it could be the case oh that, God. you know, look, he played extremely well in very limited that's samples. Just, name started. I have not heard in some time. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, so it, it, it could happen. So all I'm saying is that the 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 players that he's up against, like Jonathan Bullard and uh, Cesio Demewo, like, th- that's not like James Lynch. Like, that's not the world's best competition. But it's a fifth-round rookie in the starting lineup. That's kind of interesting. It suggests to me that he's doing pretty well in the work that he needs to do uh, at this point in the offseason, which is very little. It, it might mean nothing at all. I mean, they, they can't contact each other, and that's a pretty important part of the job. But I, it's closer to, to nothing than something, but I don't want to
4: say it is zero. It's like if the first possession in the game for the team that received the ball first got a first down. Okay, I guess there may be some signal there, but we have a long way to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well stated. Um. I think it's mostly nothing. I think they're just trying to see what they have. I think that Dean Lowry is also someone who's easy to just kind of just get him get him off his feet. He doesn't need these reps as much as someone like Roy does. I think that that'd be a – I think Lowry, Phillips. I don't know. I, Phillips and Tonga feel like they play the same position. Like, I don't know if they're on the yes. field at the same well, time. What was Roy they, playing? They're was both playing like – That's those kind of the annoying, but they
2: Five he was okay. so, so both Tonga and Phillips are like nose tackles. That That is accurate, but they play it very differently. And you can put both on the field at the same time uh, if you want a lighter box. Like it's, yeah. it's one of those situations where it's like, I kind of want our linebacker to be the overhang. If we want him out of the box, then we should probably have some guys who can stuff the run. And you'd probably play Tonga in the middle and then Phillips at like the 4-I or something like that.
3: So let's just say they want Phillips at yeah the four I or five tech whatever and Tonga goes down or needs a breather. Who's the backup nose behind Tonga? Obviously, we know Phillips can, can move do that. Phillips
4: in. You move Phillips in, and then you bring in yeah. whoever isn't starting of this group of like Jaqueline Roy.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at the the Fuller depth chart right and now, all and all the answer is that you move Phillips in. There, uh-huh. There's literally no <laughs> for That's sure. Yeah,
3: Calvin Avery. I, I don't know. what are we doing?
2: I mean, I, I no, mean Zimmer did no. try to make James Lynch a nose tackle. I suppose you could do that again. Otherwise, uh, you guys, remember T.J. Smith from last year?
1: He was a nose. T.J. Smith, oh, number fifty. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's on the yeah. roster. Also again took year,
4: some reps so. with the one, if I recall, in OTAs. Yeah, so. he, uh,
1: yeah, a couple series. Uh, last one. Josh Metellus has gotten more nickel reps than any cornerback. Josh Metellus, being your pseudo uh nickel or third corner um is that something or nothing 100 something
2: i have been talking mm-hmm. about josh montellis as a versatile guy for like three years now based solely off of what the vikings have done with him in training camp and then the season starts and he just never appears and uh I, it's been frustrating but i do think that a brian flores defense is probably the most likely to try and find unique uses for safeties that have versatile skill sets which is why they drafted jay Ward. I would say that there are two potential somethings here. One, Josh Metellus is talented enough to, to get onto the field as a dime um, or a nickel, right? Um, and they can play him in the box. They can maybe play him free, and they can play him in the slot. That's really cool. The second something is that it indicates uh, something about the defense in general, the way the defense is set up, how it will have room for somebody like a Jay Ward, right? And so even if Josh Metellus does not end up you know, playing a lot of snaps, The fact that he is in this role right now would suggest that they're experimenting with defensive setups that could enable players like Cameron Bynum, like Jay Ward to uh, do stuff in the slot or do some 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 interesting safety stuff that we haven't seen in a
3: while. I think fans may be just having a hard time swallowing that pill like where's Lewis seen. We just want Lewis seen. But all signs have pointed this whole time. He finished on a high note last season and then all signs through OTAs and minicamp. Clearly they like what they have with him, his versatility, being able to move him all over the field as a joker, chess piece, like Flores usually likes to do. So yeah, he's in the mix, man. He's he's clearly, it feels like right now in that nickel roll hybrid slash like safety three spot, going into uh, you know, the summer break and then training camp.
4: Yeah, one thing we know about these Flores defenses is that the line between a corner and a safety is pretty blurry. Mm-hmm. You end up in a man coverage anyway, so it's just kind of like figuring out your matchup, who is on who, whether you call that guy a corner or a safety, like whatever, just like line up on the guy yeah. who you want you to line up on. Like like um, Eric
2: Rowe is a really great example of that. Yes. Good example. Yeah. And the
4: guys like, I, I, I want to say Patrick Chung did a lot of weird stuff with the Patriots. Weird stuff. there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that is the, I think the, the takeaway is, Hey, Brian Flores is doing his Brian Flores thing and all of, we're going to get a lot of DBs are all going to kind of get, uh, uh, their time, whether they're the starting corner or whether they're CB four, but we really like you for this matchup against their, you know, fourth wide receiver today or whatever. And that kind of reminds me
3: of like the cornerback battle right now, like pending anything changing, it feels like Murphy and Evans and correct me if I'm wrong, Sam Mm -hmm. or anybody who's been out there, but Murphy and Evans, they're your boundary guys. Anything after that, when it comes to nickel and dime looks, I think you're going to see just a carousel mixing and matching when it comes to who's inside. I think Blackman, just based off the reps that I've seen and heard, but I can almost guarantee you. I I mean, Murphy is going to be playing both outside and inside a lot. Same with Blackman. You'll see him start at nickel anyways, but you're just going to see so many different packages under Flores. So Booth, cornerback four right now. Does that seem fair? That pecking order that I just laid out? Yeah, I mean, based uh, yeah. off of
2: like what Will Raggett said, based off of what um, you know, I've been seeing like the tweets out of Minicamp, that seems accurate.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I would say that Blackman, I think I think they're trying to get Blackman to to be able to play inside outside as well. I've seen him in both spots. Um Booth has not impressed me thus far very early. Grain of salt hasn't looked amazing to me. And I think Jawan Williams is the the wild card there. I think Jawan Williams could even vie for that, that cornerback four spot too. So um, Booth might have a little work to do. Evans seems to have priority at the moment. Uh, we got Ron Johnson coming up momentarily. Uh, Every dayers, we thank you for watching the Minnesota Football Party Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we have the roundtable tomorrow with Reggie Wilson and Ron Johnson, Luke Inman, and myself. Uh, comment below, what do you think is the biggest something that you heard from Vikings minicamp? Let me kick off kind of this topic to lead into Ron Johnson. If Kirk Cousins gets hurt, he never gets hurt, but what if he does? If Kirk Cousins gets hurt at various points throughout the preseason, regular season, how would you want to proceed at quarterback, Luke Braun? I I teased you with this, Luke Braun, on Monday, I think I said. We're going to talk about this on Thursday, and I gave you 72 hours to think about it. So if Kirk Cousins gets hurt, let's say it's like the end of training camp. Teddy Bridgewater style, but not but not as severe. Um, what quarterback are you turning to? Who do you want starting Week One? Then is it Mullins, or is it do you? Just give the season to Jaron Hall. How would you view that?
4: Uh, yeah, you're asking me to predict the preseason basically because th- this decision, ninety percent of the information that I am working off of, has not happened yet. Um, yeah. To make this decision, so yeah, revisit this later, right? I, for now, Mullins is taking the second team reps, right? Yeah. And
1: Hall Hall really hasn't been allowed to do anything live with the uh, like he hasn't even gotten any too many twos reps at all. That's that's what I'm trying to
4: say. Yeah. So it's it's Mullins until and it's on Jaron Hall to upset that status quo. And I you know, we'll we'll see if he can do it. Um, But I guess I'll stick with the default like right now. It's Mullins until something else happens that upsets that which it could but it's it's Mullins right now. And, and he'll, okay. he'll just carry you for however long he needs to carry you. That's why you traded for him.
3: Depends on the situation, too. Are you 9-0? and Are you 0-9? You got playoff aspirations? Or are you playing for next year at that point? Are you thinking bigger picture into the future? Do you just want to get the rookie some reps? That's what's going to happen. I mean, Mullins is QB2 at this point. I mean, Luke's sure, right. Yeah. But what I by would December, do, if he's I still mean, hurt,
4: then you're putting the rookie in. Yeah.
3: Right. It depends on the situation. And, and again, I, I just think if you're looking a little bit broader, bigger picture, I'll just say this. It's like you kind of know where we're at with Mullins at this point. Average backup, nothing special. Good, not great. Got some what good playing time last year in Chicago. Looked fine. I think he's clearly tapped out, though, with Hall. It's all untapped potential. Like, we have no idea how good he could be. But the only way to find out, you got to throw him in the fire. Let him get some live reps. Let him learn from his mistakes. Let him, you know, digest some some live looks from a real opposing NFL defense. You know that going in that he's going to make some mistakes. Every young quarterback does. But that's also the only real way to learn, I think, in this league and develop and kind of progress as a passer. Once you get to that point, it, it just depends on the situation. If you're looking bigger picture, though, I, I wouldn't be afraid to throw in the rookie and just see what he's got. Yeah, let's just, uh,
1: let's get Ron Johnson's take on this, Arif. We'll we'll get and we'll get yours after uh, after we get Ron in here. Ron, we were just talking about the topic: if Kirk Cousins gets hurt, <coughs> which quarterback? would you want to turn to? Would you go to the veteran backup or would you go to the rookie to see what he's got? How would you view that situation?
0: Uh, I mean, right now, who knows? I mean, honestly, we really don't know what, uh, I mean, Nick Mullins has done it before. So I personally would probably say go with Nick Mullins. Um, Jaron Hall, it depends on where he progress Like if Kirk Cousins gets hurt now, you have to go with Nick Mullins. If Kirk Cousins gets hurt like week seven, uh, and then you have to see where jaron Hall was, like as far as preseason went. How did he do during training camp? Um, this league has been one of the weirdest when it comes to rookies. Uh, if you think about guys like Russell Wilson, who started early, did a great job. Andrew Luck, RG three, but then what happened to RG three the next year? You know, injury. Um, then you go back to guys that say, "Man, I wish I could have sat down for a year and waited." Patrick Mahomes, uh, all these guys that got to sit back and wait. Aaron Rodgers sit back and waiting sometimes is actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, sometimes throwing a rookie into the fire too soon can really hurt their growth long-term uh, because they're just overwhelmed now. But then you have the guys, uh, what's his name from for the 49ers? Um, Brock Purdy. I would say Brock Purdy, like, he got to sit and watch for a little bit, and then he came in. So there's no real formula to, to when a guy's ready to sit. Like Cam Newton was a day-one starter. He was fine. Uh, it, it just all depends. But I personally, I would probably early on go with a guy like Nick Mullins. Um, I, I think Paul, if you know he's the long-term solution, I think you start to change your offense a little bit, and it starts to look more like, um, not say the Baltimore Ravens, but you have some packages in there that allows him to use his legs Um, and not just sit back in the pocket like a Kirk Cousins. They're just different. Nick Mullins looks more like Kirk Cousins on the field, and that's why I would say you don't have to change your offense much for him. Jaron Hall, you have to add in things that can help him, which is play action probably, uh, running around a little bit, movement, uh, and letting him use his legs. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson early on in his career, that's what made him really good was his ability to run and uh, create that secondary play.
1: Ron, uh, the Vikings didn't know what to do with Kyle Sloter a few years ago because.
0: It it sounds like they knew
1: what to do. They got rid of him. He was so, well, yeah, hear me out. He was so good (laughs) in the preseason. Fans loved him. Find this. Yeah, no, I'm (laughs) going to hear about it on Twitter. Yeah, right. I'm going to get a DM from Daryl. He put up the stats, he put up the wins, he had clutch drives, he did everything that it appeared like he should be doing, but. According to the Vikings, he just wasn't. He didn't always know what he was doing. He was kind of freelancing. His decision making was off, but he was athletic enough that he made up for it um, against the backups in preseason games. So, what is the measure of readiness for a quarterback like Jaron Hall, who is athletic, who might be able to to freelance a little bit out of the pocket? Um, do you think that before the Vikings can trust him in a game, he needs to prove that he is airtight? with his knowledge of uh, of the offense in the playbook?
0: Uh well I'm I'm gonna need a notepad for that question because that was uh there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah uh, first off this I'll is say <laughs> I'll say practice. We're talking about practice. We're Not talking about Kyle Sloter in practice. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. So Kyle Sloter in practice um I don't think you can put a lot of you you can't put a lot of stock into that. Um I think what the coaches saw, and and that's the actual game. Because this is the thing. Scramble around, make a play great. But is that gonna work against a defense that's actually sound and knows what they're doing? Probably not. Um nothing against Kyle Slower. Love him. We had him on the show, hope to get him back. Uh, but when you watch him in the XFL or the USFL, one of the two, I think he got benched. Um, clearly there's some mental parts of the game that that he struggled with. So we we can't deny that. Athletically, he's ridiculously talented and i think the cam jordan quote speaks to that when you talk about decision making and cam jordan put in four different factors we know he, he he slandered kirk cousins for no reason but he said you can either think fast and make the right play you're gonna play you're gonna make the team you can think slow and make the right play you're probably gonna be on the team where we might question your abilities you can think fast and make the wrong play We probably can find a place for you on the team, but you got to get it to go going. And then you can move slow and make the wrong play. You're going to get cut. And he said, But you know, that slow right play, that's what we call the Kirk Cousins. That was slander for no reason. But (laughs) Kirk Cousins does make the right play. kind of slander. I think Kyle Sloter thinks, (laughs) I mean, he said he makes the right play. Uh, I think, but I think Kyle Sloter moved fast and made the wrong plays, and it doesn't work for a quarterback. It does work for maybe a defense lineman, a linebacker who's just trying to go, go, go. Uh, when you're at the quarterback position, you can't think fast and make the wrong play. Uh, but, but, but for a quarterback, like you said, when, when you're and what was the second part? Sorry, because I was, I was stuck on Kyle Sloter. You got me there.
1: Uh, the yeah, sorry for was, the wordy oh, what question. What does Jaron Hall but, need to do?
0: What does Jaren yeah, Hall need yeah. to do? Uh, Jaron Hall. Oh man. I don't know. So quarterbacks, is the thing about quarterbacks, man, like Kevin O'Connell played the position. He was a backup. Uh, So we have a really good evaluator of what a quarterback should be because he was behind one of the best in Tom Brady. Um, I I think when you think about the quarterback position, Jaron Hall in the preseason one has to make the right decision fast. Two, if he makes the wrong decision, it better be fast as hell. It can't be slow like he can't have a slow progression, end up on progression number three, and still throw it to number four and throw a pick. Like, you can't do that. Because fast, wrong decisions as a rookie, I think they're like, man, at least his kid's thinking quick. We can work with that. So that's going to be the key. Like, where's his decision making? Uh, How quick does he get those progressions? And we'll be able to see that with his head. Like, you can see a quarterback working through the progressions with his head, unless it's Patrick Mahomes who can throw it blindfolded. But you'll see a quarterback look left look middle then look right then throw the ball or you'll see him look left look right look look or whatever and then throw the ball back to the middle so that's what i think we we'll have to see we'll have to see how jaron hall handles the progressions and then is he dumping the ball off in a in a go-to situation fourth and seven does he dump it off for a two-yard gain um i think they want to see that too like is he a gamer is he gonna is he gonna fit a ball in a tight window um that's the things that i think can show coaches like man this his kids kid's actually pretty good, um, you know, That and then hash to hash to sideline. Like, how is this hash to sideline throws? Does he have the arm strength or is this going to be a kid that has to be in a box? Like, we, we, we cannot throw deep comebacks. We can, like, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they made all the throws. And, and, and we're not saying this guy is, even has to be close to that. Um, but Lamar Jackson does have a strong arm. People say Lamar Jackson has no touch. So where does Jaron Hall fall? I think it's all going to come down to Kevin O'Connell. For make a long answer short, uh, quarterback is tough, man. Like, I don't know. Receiver, you could just say catch the ball or run the right routes. Quarterback, there's a lot that goes into that. But honestly, it, I think it comes down to Kevin O'Connell. And that's why he gets paid a lot. He might make the wrong decision. He might think Jaron Hall's not ready and Jaron Hall goes somewhere else. He becomes a star. We just don't know. Ron, we were
3: just talking about Josh Metellus and Jaqueline Roy and some mini camp highlights. Now that it's all over, got the big summer break, what's your favorite Vikings position battle or storyline just heading into training camp, maybe most curious about and can't wait to see unfold? And then quick follow-up, 1 to 10, how interested are you in this Kirk Cousins Netflix special coming out next
0: month? Uh, well, I'm I like the Kirk Cousins thing out right away. I think I did it with Sam. I know you guys have all seen it. I, Sam has never seen the movie. Uh, Of course, go figure. Right, Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Varsity Blues. (laughs) Varsity Blues, when the offensive lineman goes to the strip club and sees his teacher stripping for the first time, and what did he give her? What grade did he give her? A 10. He gave her a 10. I give it a 10. (laughs) It was erotic. It was awesome. I had things in my face. I give it a 10. Um, by the way, I never had a teacher that looked like that, but man, I would hope if she was, she was a stripper. But that's a totally different question. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> but but I mean, but I wouldn't want to be in college, I wouldn't be a high school kid because that's not right. You can't be a high school kid looking at your teacher stripping, but I wouldn't want to be in college. But um, Good I would get, I, I am, I'm, I'm very interested to see Kirk <laughs> Cousins because he does actually talk about that. Was a great teaser, he talks about. When he does stuff that is out of character and out of his shell, it becomes a thing. Yeah. So I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested that. to see that, like him talking about taking the shirt off. How how Julie Cousins, you know, was she super excited about that? Uh, like, did she put on a spent all this
2: time out picking there? out a shirt, and he's not even going to wear one?
0: Right. Or did that like, did, <laughs> would like did she see that It was like, okay, when Kirk gets home, it's on. Like I'm ready, Kirk. You, that was you were hot on that plane, like. Like I don't know, like.
3: <laughs> hey, that PA boot rollout there on second and eight really got me going.
0: Like you yeah, will find out, but I, but I, I do love that Kirk Cousins said that uh, when he's out of his shell. If we, we, we are that, this close
2: to trying to figure out whether or not Julie said chains on or chains off. That's
0: that's the problem. This is where we are right well, now. <laughs> well, well, clearly the chains. We're going down he had a dark effect.
4: path. The
0: uh, other chains. The other chains, uh, he had to give that back to Zadarius. Christian Zadarius, I was like, hey, give me that back. I know you're rich, but uh, I'm going to need that back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. locked-on out-of-context
1: count is going to get a hold of this.
0: But other than (laughs) – The um, context doesn't help. (laughs) That's face value but the position battles let's go back on let's get back on oh track. right yes no right sure. right right, 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 right. 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 Of course. the position yeah. battles i'm, I'm interested the football about one we cover um it did become wide right receiver four five and six like i'm very interested in that now four five and six because i think that is going to be a battle now Jalen naylor uh tristan jackson's uh sam bought up at, at, at uh mini camp. uh so I, I and then of course all the rookies thayer thomas uh some of these guys like do they just end up on practice squad um, the guy they bought in, Brandon Powell, you know, does he just go to four? Uh, does Jalen Rager make it or is Brandon Powell going to be a returner? So there's a lot there with four, five, and six because uh, we do truly have a four in Rager, but has Tristan Jackson and Jalen Naylor outplayed them to where it's theirs now? Um, or for sure, Jalen Naylor. So I want to see that. And then also the safeties like Metellus, Seen, and Bynum. Now we know Bynum is kind of right there, but Metellus and Seen, I want to to see that one as well. Like that's that's what I'm really interested in seeing.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, on those wide receivers i feel like every time i see the viking social media put out like a, a recap of this ota or this minicamp or something I, i'm seeing a lot of brandon powell is he like showing out or is that just like happened to be what the people at ven are picking
0: <laughs> well i will say this when you when you look at kj osborne remember kj osborne last year ended up in the media a ton because he was making the plays uh coaches and media, media for sure, more so than coaches. Um, but coaches do actually. I mean, come on now, like they 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 glance at it every once in a while. Uh, they're 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 captive of the moment. The guys that do the best. I, I'm not gonna lie. You guys remember Bobby Wade came to the Vikings, got cut by the Bears. Uh, Bobby Wade was ahead of me with the Bears. I had a couple weeks of practice where I was diving for balls. I was killing Brian Erlacher and Lance Diggs, uh, Lance Briggs. Sorry, in the uh, in the in the slot. And it wasn't that I was better than Bobby Wade. It was that I had bigger moments during camp and then in, in the preseason as well. And so that's why they ended up releasing Bobby Wade, put me back in the slot. Um, it's all about what you do in the moment. When you get your opportunity, are you making the best of it? And and that's probably why Brandon Powell has ended up all over VN right now uh, because he's making some plays just like KJ Osborne did last year. Now, not to say he's going to do KJ Osborne things this year, but not to say that he's not getting looked at, and maybe they're truly trying to say, like, again, the media team at the Vikings are very uh, cerebral. They had uh, Alexander Madison on the media wall before it was too it was too soon, and what happened? He's number one. They're now talking mm. about Brandon Powell, and we're not seeing a lot of Jalen Rager. That's probably your kick punt returner, so or your punt Ooh. returner for sure. So maybe both. Maybe Kade Wangwu is not going to be RB three because they don't need a kick returner because all you have to do is fair catch it. Maybe you just put a receiver back there, the fair catcher who can punt and kick. Fair catch, I think, bruh. Put us on the 25. We don't need a third running or that third running back. We need McBride. We need Ty Chandler. And we need uh what's his name? Uh the starter, Alexander Madison. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, the social media team, man, like don't 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 think that they don't have inside and they do it by mistake. So I think sometimes that that comes out.
2: So I mean, there's been a lot of talk um about like how the defense like on is in a mini camp has shown up more complex than defenses typically do at this point of the season they're supposed to be installing the fundamentals that are already you know showing like multiple fronts and blitzes and stuff like that how much of that is just like hey we need a storyline and how much of the head is like like legitimately like oh it's kind of interesting that brian flores is installing defenses a little bit
0: differently than we typically see um Yes and no. So, yes, I see what you're saying. Yup, that is a little bit just to throw a storyline out there because defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators for other teams are looking at this stuff, too. It's not like it's it's hitting, you know. Yeah. They can see these videos. That's why Mike McDaniel, which it was the worst. I don't know if you guys saw his comment when they asked him a question about something about, um, uh, was it De- – oh, Dalvin Cook. They asked him about Dalvin Cook coming to the uh, Dolphins, and he said, you know, like, I was born uh, – is it my birthday? Because I was born at night, and, you know, as a baby, I, like – I mean, it was like the, – and then he basically was trying to say, like, I was born at night, not last night. Like, yeah. dude, just say that. Like, he went through this long – so, basically, I think <laughs> coaches, it was the longest, stupidest response ever. Um, But but coaches are throwing stuff out there because they know other coaches are watching this stuff. That's why Bill Belichick has, like, mums the word. He doesn't even talk to the media. He just grumbles. They ask him a question, he's like – and then they move on. They're like, all right, let's well, go.
2: Well, you, you, you <laughs> got to ask him about, like, some tight end from 1984, and then he'll just go off. Yeah, like a paragraph <laughs> yeah. there.
0: <laughs> but but it's, it's it's tongue-in-cheek because this is the thing about Brian Flores. He has to install a little bit. You create the foundation. You have to do that because you can't go to training camp without a foundation. But some of the cool stuff about his defense, he's not sharing that with the whole team, not going to lie. Like, I'm pretty sure Harrison Smith and him are having conversations. Brian Murphy or him are having conversations. Some of the vets, because he does one-on-one meetings. Uh, linebackers, but he's not giving it to like linebacker seven, who's going to get cut. He's not giving that because what you don't want is that guy going yep. to the Eagles and the Eagles saying, "Hey, man, by the way, um, what was what was Brian Flores doing, man? Our, our offensive coordinator wants to know." And then he gives it all away, like, "Oh man, like you know, when we check when we check Eagle." Uh, the linebacker and the DN are going to twist this time, so all you have to do is pick up the DN and smash him, and you'll knock the linebacker off his track. So, yeah, he's he's installing for sure differently, probably, but he's definitely not giving it all away. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a little bit of storyline just to throw some stuff out there, because when training camp ends and they're down to that 56, they make the guys turn their books in anyway. I mean, even though I don't think they have books anymore, they have iPads, but they make those guys, they wipe it and re-put on the stuff they're going to get to uh, for the actual season. Same with Kevin O'Connell's offense. He installs the basic skeleton, and then he's going to get to the rest of the stuff once he cuts his guys down. Because you don't want the fourth quarterback knowing everything you do, so he can take it to the next team.
1: Ron, uh, roundtable tomorrow. What do you think? Top five football movies. Should we finally do our lists? <laughs> how How are you going to provide input, Sam? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Dude, That's how disgusted
3: Ron was with that question. So Sam. upset at that
1: question. That's Var- how disgusted Varsity he was. Varsity Blues, uh, definitely number one. Back. Right? I'm back. I'm oh, okay. hey. back. There okay. right. back. Hey, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I said Ron, round table tomorrow. What do you think? I'm top back. five football I'm movies.
0: Sam, you don't know any of the movies, so why would we do that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, me, I, me so Luke, and Reggie. Me, Luke, and Reggie can do. Yeah, we can hold our own. Me, Luke, and Reggie,
0: we can do the top five.
3: Sam, you, you, just, you just yeah. listen.
0: Yeah. Um, you could be stat boy. <laughs> like, Sam's never seen any movies. Like, he's, I, I say, like, classics. He's like, no, nah, I never saw that one. Never heard of it. I will say this, though. You guys, I don't know if you guys all saw it, the movie It. The new yeah. one or the I've old never or original? Seen it. The old one, the original.
3: Oh, no, I haven't seen the I've never, I've never seen it. I saw it. I've never, two, seen, the, two, two I've never seen the remake either. It's like three and a half hours long.
0: <laughs> I've never it's seen good. the remake either, which I might have to watch it. So that's the one thing me and Sam like have a comment.
3: We haven't seen it.
0: The okay. new one? There you go.
3: Yeah, I like
2: the
1: new one. Okay, I, I, I seen heard seen the new one's good.
0: Yeah. But Sam's seen nothing, so we know that. We do know that.
1: Yeah, yeah no, and, and he's not <laughs> exaggerating either. Um, he, uh, Ron Johnson hosts the Roundtable on Fridays. He's at 3 Ron Johnson on Twitter, host of the Ron Johnson Show Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Uh, he's got great guests all the time on the Ron Johnson Show uh brevin Spann Ford, gophers tight end on the show earlier this week go back and check out that interview uh big gophers tight end gonna have a big year for the maroon and gold ron thanks for joining us today and we'll talk to you on the round table tomorrow all right
0: appreciate a little teaser we are gonna try to have he said he's coming on we don't know when dk metcalf's dad is gonna join us on the show terence metcalf former bear so he just dm me and said he's gonna come on we just gotta figure out the time that works and we're going to ask him about Cam Dansler. Like what did you think when well, your son, made Cam Dansler become a meme around the world of what are you doing Cam Dansler? So My Seattle, man. we should have should have beat Seattle and Cam Dansler got lost in the sauce. Lost now you got to have Now you got to have him on. So yeah. so we're going to ask yeah. him about that. Maybe he can and maybe DK's home visiting during the off season right now cuz they're done with minicamp too and we can get DK to jump on and just say what he thinks about Cam Dansler. So I love it. I love it. I'm not going to slander Cam Dancer. I'm not going to do that to Cam Dancer. I wouldn't do that. But He's I do so want not to add some to Yeah.
3: We're
0: not going to slander D- uh Cam Dancer. I don't I don't do that to people that are no longer with us anymore. That's not fair. It's yeah. not good.
1: Yeah. Um that's in good taste, Ron. We appreciate you. Thanks for your time. All right, appreciate you. All right. For us, we're holding this to Monday. We're going to draft a preseason fantasy team of Vikings players. And we are going to track the fantasy points in the three preseason games. Uh, it's going to be a blast,
3: <laughs> a reef space, right? That's now, so
1: man. unhinged, and I
4: love it.
3: It's just killing me. You're gonna yeah.
4: have to like det- it, try it, to right. guess the volume of Tristan Jackson's yeah. yeah. rules, this is, and it's this, great. I'm, it's great it.
1: because literally know. the backups are much better picks than the starters who may yeah, not, I, not, in fact, this play is at all. Like,
2: I, I get JJ like undraftable. Every,
1: Every yeah. week mm-hmm.
2: before the first preseason game, I get like a bunch of DFS degenerates in my like DMs that are just like, "Hey man, is Mike Boone gonna get the rock?" And it's like, I, I don't know.
3: Hey man. man, I got AJ Rose in my keeper dynasty, man. Right? Well, yeah, no, it's exactly. It's who, like, who like is he gonna okay, gonna break through? Oh yeah. Well, no, oh, they're, we should they're do a DFS Well, like dynasty don't have people is one thing. Yeah. Yeah, DFS people is one thing because
4: you're like, like Ooh, who's gonna break out? but the people yeah, doing no, the DFS, DFS guys preseason are like, I only care are about sick. this
3: week. Okay. That's sick. That's sick. Yeah. Oh, those are sick. Those are ill. I need people. you <laughs>
4: to
2: give me all the dirt on who's, who's the undrafted free agent that went off like fair. Right. I need you to give me all the dirt on yeah. this guy. And it's like, I, Thayer
1: Thomas friend, of right?
4: Kobach part. volume guy, right? So
2: Is so Blake Cole going to play? And it's like, no man, he broke his leg. I <laughs> would, I, it's <laughs> the only thing I know about him. You know, like that kind of thing.
3: Right, right. Uh,
2: so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy doing that for the whole show.
3: Yeah, we, we're gonna start a keeper League. Certainly, to it we map. will get. To we're it. just gonna have them forever.
1: Naturally. Naturally. Yeah. We, we will surely team. get to Wine all auction. of
4: the things yeah. that we plan to get to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Successful first day with the bullet points on the side. I would say. I think we nailed it. Two totally. out of three ain't bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> we, we
2: technically we did talk about a preseason fantasy draft. The bullet point did not say that we That's would true.
1: do the draft. It's just on. Well, the it, it did say, Yeah, that. it did say on today's show. But yeah, you're right. We teased it for the yeah. next show.
3: I'll tell you, what, you can make up for it by plugging Locked On NFL Podcast coming up next.
1: Come yeah, next. Watch next the Locked On NFL Watch Podcast.
4: You, sh- you should facilitate such that it is coming up next. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. Luke
1: Braun, you're a participant (laughs) on that podcast once in a while, right? Yes. Tuesdays. Which is... Me and uh, Ross Jackson. Yeah. Ross Jackson covers the Saints. Locked on Saints. Does a great job. Yep. Uh, Appreciate you, Luke. Appreciate you, Luke. Appreciate you, Arif. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Comment below. uh, What do you think? If Kirk Cousins gets hurt, who should start? Paul? Mullins? Let us know what you think on YouTube. Subscribe, free and available, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to the everydayers who tune in throughout the week, and we'll talk to you on the roundtable tomorrow. So long, everyone.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast
0: ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.